I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. According to State Representative Ryan Guillen of Rio Grande City, Star County has a vulnerable population that requires more vaccines than those allocated. Representative Guillen, along with Star County officials and VIPs, participated in a Star County hospital tour hosted by U.S. Representative Henry Cuellar. In an exclusive interview with the Rio Grande Guardian and Ron Whitlock reports, officials expressed displeasure with the manner in which the COVID-19 vaccines were being allocated. Congressman Cuellar opened the event. No matter what part of the counties we're in, there's still a need for more uh, vaccines. The federal government has upped its number of vaccines by 28% in the last three weeks. Uh, we're doing about 1.7 million vaccines a day, which is a lot. But to compare the population of 330 million plus in the United States, and then you add 1.7, it's going to be months and months and months. We got a third company coming in hopefully soon, uh, Johnson & Johnson, uh, that we're hoping that that would add more. Uh, we also have uh, uh, President Biden has talked to the companies and they're up uh, the production more, squeeze them a little bit to do a little bit more. Uh, so we're trying to add that. But as Dr. Vasquez said, but then on top of that, you throw the 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 new um, virus, a new type of virus that, that's coming up uh, on that. So it brings in questions and I'll let Dr. Vasquez talk about that, uh, whether it be a second booster, what we're going to do and all that. Um, we, the federal government, we've been sending everything through the state uh, and we are now, that's the mechanism we were using. Uh, the mechanism we're trying to get is now instead of DC to Austin, we want to see DC to the arm. At the end of the day, that's what counts, the arm. Uh, so we're using the mechanism of uh, community health clinics, and there's some uh, that are, are, are going to be pilot tested starting the end of this week or next week. Uh, uh, using, as you know, pharmacists, not only the big boys, uh, CVS, Walmart, uh, you know, Walgreens, all that, but we want to go into community uh, independent small uh, um, pharmacists. You know, those folks know the people, they trust them, they've been dealing with them for years, so we want to start working with them. Uh, so those are the some of the issues we're working on. Uh, we're doing a $1.9 trillion uh, relief package. We're going to vote on it next week. Um, and in there, there's monies for vaccines and uh, the states, so, you know, they can pay for that. As you know, FEMA is going to pay... 100% of the National Guard or the Guard, you know, the state, if the state wants to use it. But it still goes back how many vaccines that we have. I mean, that's at the end of the day. Uh, so even though we've increased it by 28% in three weeks, even though we got another company, uh, it's still going to be months. I mean, unless if somebody tells me something, I don't know, but it's going to be months uh, before everybody, you know, to. I don't know what's the best estimate. It depends what the vaccines. Uh, when do we get herd immunity at 75% at the rate that we're going? So we'll be talking about this into the summer uh, if the new variants don't throw a curveball on us. Uh, so the relief package we're doing is going to be health 
but it also means aid to individuals and to uh, entities. Uh, one point, I mean, uh, 1,400 uh, stimulus checks, unemployment, you know, the basic things that we've talked about, monies for schools, uh, and then we certainly are going to be sending some of us, without due respect to the state, uh, we don't like the way the state has stayed. I'm not the state. No, no the state. Uh, the state. Uh, you know, the, the state from CARES Act once stayed with, unless if I'm wrong, somewhere between eight to ten billion dollars. Uh, it's going to get to the taxpayers, but the CARES Act was last year, not this year. Uh, on that, so one of the things that we're doing is we're going to be voting on this, and these are only estimates, but. We're sending money to the states and to the cities and to the county uh, governments. The state of Texas, the estimate is Texas would get $27.1 billion. Uh, out of that, 16.8 will go to the state of Texas, and then $10.3 billion will go to local cities, local uh, uh, governments. Uh, Stark County, unless if I'm reading this wrong, it's in billions of dollars. I assume this is $13 million, right? If it's zero, one, three in billions of dollars. Um, and, and. 1.3. Huh? I think it's 1.3. Yeah, who, who knows, well, Matt? it's 13. Yeah, you want to look at this? <laughs> I saw it. So it, if, it's, if it's in billions, if it's in billions of dollars, uh, and it's zero, point zero one three should be 13 million. Yeah, so, yeah, unless if I'm wrong. Uh, and then the cities here uh, in Stark County, Rio Grande should get, and there's this thing about no overlap allocations, all, uh, all overlap allocations on that, but let's stay with the no overlap. Um, Rio Grande would get $2.6 uh, million. Uh, La Grulla would get 314000 Roma would get $5 million. I always did that to you, right? No, just kidding. Uh, Roma, that's the second time. No, Roma would get, uh, get $2.1 million. Escobares would get $474,000. And this, this is all estimated. Um, there's monies for veterans. There's monies for vaccines. There's money for health care. Uh, there should be some money to help people with the affordable health care. As you know, the uh, the president opened up, I think it's going to be from February 15th to May 15th, open up the enrollment again, and there should be some assistance to help them uh, pay this. Uh, $1.9 trillion uh, is a lot of money. There's a need for that. Uh, but I always remind everybody as a blue dog, somewhere down the line, we got to pay for all this, guys. It's on a credit card. Uh, as you know, the federal budget without stimulus we get about $3.5 trillion in taxes. So it used to be more, but people love tax cuts. But when you do tax cuts, you know what happens. Less revenues come in. Uh, so we get $3.5 trillion in taxes or revenues, uh, excise taxes, miscellaneous fees, and all of that. Uh, and then what goes out is about $4.5 trillion. Out of the $4.5 trillion, two-thirds of that is automatics. Uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, Veterans Benefits. And those are the things people don't want us to touch. But in the last 30 days, those automatics, mandatories, have gone from one-third to two-thirds. So we only deal in appropriations only with $1.4 trillion only. 
and the rest is on automatic. It's on a formula money on that, which is the one that's growing. So when Obama left, the, the uh, deficit that's per year was at $450 billion. Uh, Trump's, and I say this because I always blame Democrats, but uh, when Trump left, or when Trump, the year before the, I mean, the year right before the uh, pandemic hit, uh, the the uh, the deficit was at 950 billion dollars. So actually, in a Republican, it was higher on that. And big reason is tax cuts. People like tax cuts, but when you do tax cuts, less money comes in, and you know what happens. So therefore, from 450 to 950 on on the tax cuts itself. Uh, now you add the the um, uh, the money we added a couple of trillion dollars. Uh, last year, I think about $3 trillion total uh, on the CARES Act, and then we did $900 uh, billion, uh, in December. Uh, now we're talking about 2.9 right now uh, to be voted on next week, and then the Senate, we're trying to get this done before March 15th, and we're only in the middle of March, and that still leaves the whole year. We don't know what's going to happen uh, on that. So all of this to, has to be paid on a credit card or isn't a credit card, and we have to worry about how we're going to pay for this soon. Uh, otherwise, the Chinese are going to keep getting interest. I think we pay, believe it or not, about $400 billion or $300 billion on just interest a year, a lot of money. You take Department of Education, a couple other agencies, VA, they're bigger than three of our agencies together, just the interest rate on that. So those are the things that we have to look at. So we have to pay. So we're sending a lot of money, but it's eventually we have the power to do that, but eventually we've got to have the power to pay for that. So vaccines, going back to vaccines, uh, the cities and the counties, the state rep, all have been doing a great job. We all want to be team players. Um, uh, I'll let Dr. Vasquez talk about uh, uh, daycares, because uh, I know we heard that. Uh, the mechanisms of... Uh, uh, community health clinics uh, working, you, you'll see more from the federal going directly uh, to certain entities. So working with the state and that, we're hoping that we can uh, get to uh, uh, the immune, herd immunity sometime in the summertime on that. So um, I don't know, before we go to the doctors and the experts. Uh, yeah, I'll say a few words. First of all, you know, we're very grateful that the congressman is down here to inform us about what's happening in Washington. Certainly we uh, we put a bug in his ear, which uh, I'm sure he already knew, about the lack of vaccines in, in our community. Uh, we've been shaking any bush we can find to see if we can get vaccines uh, to be allocated to us. And, and it's gotten a little better, but it's not anywhere close to where we need to be. Uh, the hospital is getting approximately anywhere from 1,000 to 1,300 vaccines a, a week. Uh, but again, that, that's, that's not enough. Uh, our county population is probably close to, to 70,000. So at that rate, uh, we'll be vaccinating for a year before we can vaccinate all our people. Uh, and that's just not acceptable. Uh, Representative Guillen uh, has been working extremely hard uh, to get one of us, either the hospital, the county, whoever, or both of us, de uh, designated as hubs. Uh, we feel that's going to be the the answer or the solution to this lack of vaccines. 
it seems like the state is going into uh, the hub system versus when they first started, they would send to individual clinics and pharmacists and whatever. Now it seems like the large number of the vaccines are going to the hubs and Star County not having a hub, uh, I think that's one of the reasons we're being shortchanged. Uh, but hopefully uh, that will change. Thanks to the help from Congressman Quayette and Representative Guillen, uh, you know, that, that we will be designated uh, at least one hub here in the county in, in, the, very, in the near future. We, we must uh, if, if we're going to beat this thing. So, uh, again, you know, we're very grateful to the Congressman and to Representative Guillen uh, and everyone, you know, the hospital and everyone that's been working on this thing, the mayors. Uh, you know, one, one thing I will say about Star County and our community is that we, we have always been able to work together. Uh, it doesn't matter, you know, if we don't agree, we still work together. Uh, we had a Zoom meeting about a month ago with the school superintendents, the mayors, the hospital, uh, of course, emergency management from the county, ourselves, Representative Guillen, uh, and and uh, we were able to come to an agreement that if we were to get two, three thousand vaccines, we could pull our resources with the pharmacists and the school nurses, uh, the city's uh, law enforcement for traffic control and so forth, and and I'm sure we could vaccinate, uh, you know two, three thousand people a day. Uh, you know, we might not have one big entity, but we do have a lot of cooperation from our community, so we're real grateful for that. The hub, and I'll, I'll, I'll the mayor and then... Uh, Can I ask a follow-up real quick? Yeah, well, let, let me just, uh, well, let everybody just finish and then on that. Uh, the hub, I, I talked to Luis Sanchez, the governor, but I think uh, Ryan knows him better than I do. And, I think Luis will listen to uh, Representative Ryan more than he'll listen to me. Uh, but that's something that we want to get because, as it was mentioned, they gave, a, they gave Stark County the designation, they took it away without explaining. So this is something that uh, Ryan will take the lead. I'll help him. We've been, in, like I said, talking to Luis Sainz, but he'll listen to, uh, to Ryan more than me at the, at the state level. Uh, but that's something we want to do. But at this time, why don't we go ahead uh, with the mayor, and then Ryan, and then we'll end up with uh, the folks here, the experts. And just to reiterate the points that Judge Mulvaney, uh, thank you to the whole entire group that's here. By the way, I know everyone here is working diligently to make sure that we get more vaccines, and that's really the predicament that we're in. Uh, we have not had the, the number or adequate number of vaccines here in our area. When you're looking at the nine weeks of distributions, you're averaging about 500 vaccines per, per week. Uh, I know we're looking at the numbers just to make sure we have them right. But nonetheless, um, that's one of the points that, that we keep reiterating is this whole Texas plan vaccination plan includes to have certain uh, guiding principles as to the allocations and how are they going to allocate these uh, vaccines and in fact it's the governors and the department of state's health services expert vaccine allocation panel that is looking at what is equitable to distribute vaccines across the state and these uh, guiding principles include the uh, geographic diversity making sure that rural communities are receiving the adequate number of vaccines or equitable vaccines as comparison to per capita in other urban communities 
Also data-driven allocations, they're looking at uh, protecting vulnerable populations, mitigating health inequities, and of course protecting healthcare and frontline workers. So when you look at these guiding principles, and these are the principles that supposedly is being utilized to distribute, it equitable, distribute equitable number of vaccines throughout the state, we meet all of them. We meet every single one of these guiding principles, but yet I don't think we have the adequate number of vaccines. And it's, it's uh, I know there's just only a certain number of vaccines out there, but when you're considering how you're gonna allocate them, that was gonna be one of the first issues across the state and across the nation. You have a certain set of number of vaccines and how are you gonna distribute them equitably? And, but again, we're looking at guiding principles and I believe they're great. On paper, they're excellent. Why? Because you're gonna be considering what are the most vulnerable populations. And if you look at the data, this is from the CDC. According to the CDC, they have us as a COVID-19 community vulnerability index of 0.99 which is the highest in the nation. That's as per CDC, and of course they're looking at, they're looking at what is the number of percent of, of uninsured population, which ours is over 33%. You're looking at poverty, ours is 35%. You're looking at inequities across the board as far as socioeconomic status and other parameters that they're considering. So as it is, going back to data-driven allocations, if there's anything to say about our community, we are a vulnerable population that requires more vaccines than we are allotted. Based going back to the numbers and the guiding principles established by the governor and the Department of State Health Services through this expert vaccine allocation panel. Now, not to say that other communities do not uh, need these vaccines, but also going back to, okay, how are we going to allocate them? And starting from there, you're gonna allocate them, you have certain established principles, okay, then operate based on these guiding principles and our county would be at the priority list. That's my account, of course, right? But when you're looking at actual numbers stating these facts, I'm going back to the numbers, it's not just hearsay. Though. These are numbers established on the state website and also on the federal government websites. So, and I'm glad to have a group of individuals like in this room that everyone here is working their, their effort diligently to make sure that we have more access to vaccines and, and it shows, right? We just wanna push and not to say that we're not grateful for the 1,000, obviously we are, but we do need more than 1,000 for our population because 1,000, if we are operating based on 1,000, it's gonna take us more than a year to vaccinate our population. Um, and at this point, based on census, I'm, I'm looking at probably 70 to 75,000 people. Uh, who knows, maybe more. But the point is we need, do need more vaccines and I shared the message here that everyone is working hard and making sure that we do have uh, the number of vaccines that we rightfully deserve. As Ryan's here representing the state, let's hear from him. <laughs> I'm joking. Let, let me clarify. I represent the people. I don't have to say. Wait, it does go on. Chance pick or like Yeah, but so we're 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 in challenging times. No question. We uh, we're we've got lots of family members and friends and acquaintances, uh, community members that are dying. 
um, that have, and this has been going on for a year. It's obviously been handled terribly. Um, uh, we find ourselves today in a situation where we uh, we got lots of people without power, uh, lots of people without water, and uh, and you know we're in a crisis, and in a several different in a crisis that 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 encompasses several different realms, I guess. Um, and uh, we've got to improve upon our processes. There's no question. Um, uh, the when, if you talk about vaccines, I've got a lot of complaints, obviously, um, and I hope that we're able to address those those concerns going forward. Um, it because of how the government is set up, the legislature comes into session every two years. We just started our, our legislative session. Legislation, uh, our legislative session will last through May. We're still in the early part of the process, and um, legis any legislation that would come out of the legislature typically doesn't get passed until the, to the end of the legislative session. If something doesn't get done, the only way it could get done over the course of the following two years is if the governor calls us back for that particular reason and allows us the opportunity to address that, or uh, the governor through some, through, through some statute that allows uh, him to do so addresses it from an executive level. Um, that's, that's troublesome for us because, for example, going into this vaccine crisis uh, where we disagree with how it's being handled. Well, the legislature could possibly address it, but can't address it now. I mean, they, the legislature could step in and do something, but it wouldn't be something that would go into law until the summer and you'd lose or, or the fall. And so you'd lose the opportunity to have it addressed right now when we're in the middle of the crisis. So it's a our, our legislative process, our government process, is, is, um, is giving us hurdles that we don't need right now, obviously, that we wish were different. Um, uh, the, I, I, and, and I know we're here convened, and, and let me first of all also say that uh, thank you to Henry for, for Congressman uh, Cuellar for convening the meeting and for... Uh, giving us the uh, opportunity to discuss these issues. When it comes to vaccines, I, I, I question, I, I've got all sorts of questions that I hope we get answered at some point. Uh, but for example, I'm not an expert, and, and Jose might have a better, a better explanation, but, but um, you know, a lot of folks have gotten both vaccines. And it's my understanding, I say a lot of folks, but you know, Folks have gotten both vaccines, and there's a lot of folks that haven't gotten anything, right? Um, but it's my understanding that both vaccines will keep you out of the hospital most likely, keep you from getting sick, keep you from possibly even getting it. Uh, one vaccine will keep you from dying, right? Um, why, didn't, why didn't they give everybody or more, double, no, more people at least one vaccine 
to keep more people from dying. Um, instead of giving people both vaccines and to keep them from getting even just getting sick. Um, I mean, there's a lot of questions and I, I don't know what the answers are, right? Uh, but uh, why didn't we order enough vaccines? Um, why was it, why is it that we couldn't uh, supply enough vaccines faster? Why couldn't we, why couldn't we put all hands on deck and require big uh, manufacturers to adjust their manufacturing to help make these things in a bigger scale? Um, there's a lot of questions that need answers and I hope that in the short period we, we can we can adjust and, and make things better, ask these questions, demand action, etc. Uh, for the most part, what we're dealing with right now, um, uh, there's no question, as, as the mayor uh, alluded to very uh, eloquently, there's no question that there's a lot of unfairness in how it was distributed by the state and how it's been distributed by the state so far. At first we thought it was something that the rural folks were were being cheated uh, uh, were being cheated but then now we look at it and no it's not even that because there's some rural areas that are getting plenty um, it's hard to put your finger on what what their formula is other than they prioritize people who acted faster you know uh, acted to submit the the, the hub faster uh, which required people to know what they were thinking that hey we're going to go to a hub a hub situation and so well I mean if they'd have, if they'd have been more uh, upfront and transparent about uh, about deadlines and, and about you know how they were wanting to uh, to go, move forward I know a lot of people would have acted differently um, it's uh, it's unacceptable and it needs to be changed and I hope that they uh, that they understand that and that they start uh, to address it quickly and uh, efficiently and um, and that they allow areas that have been left behind to catch up yes governor Abbott made COVID um, an emergency item are vaccines in there I mean are you able to start working on vaccine legislation now or well I, I follow bill um, I follow bill already and, and the, the answer is always yes you can start working on it the question is when will it that's what I mean uh, yeah well, when can it uh, uh, when can it actually start getting getting done when you've got a legislature that's already you know in both the House and Senate because of COVID they're saying hey no no hearings until March and so really regardless if something's on the emergency list their committees aren't meeting, so, so it can't do like, anything until March. Sounds as though you've got criticism of, what, of the way state government works right now. You're an elected official for our area, and you can't influence anything. So the, the, the feds are releasing certain numbers, and I just got, by the way, we talked about earlier how several weeks ago, really most of the month of, of January, Texas was receiving three, 330, roughly 330,000 vaccines per week. And that went on for like three or four weeks straight. And then it, all of a sudden, two weeks ago, it went up to 500 and, uh, 
520,000, and then last week it went down to 400, right over 400,000, and then I didn't know what this week's number was, and I just got said it was 407,000, so it was roughly about the same as last week. Um, and so you also have a situation where the, the president is, has announced his initiative of sending direct um, vaccines to certain entities like uh, pharmacies, a certain list of pharmacies, which, you know, if you look at it, I think only includes HEB in this county. Um, and then FQHCs, I think, are on the list too, which, you know, we've got Nuestra Clinica del Valle, I guess. And uh, so the question is, does the, does the, does this come off the 400,000? In which case, the state's going to start prioritizing even more within, uh, within whatever they have. Um, uh, regardless, I, you know, at this point, because it's the way it's been handled, I wish they would just send them directly to every county or, you know, an you'd entity like, in every county. Buy, you'd like to bypass the state, go straight from the feds. At this point, because of the way it's been mishandled, yeah. Unless it, it starts to change very quickly. Um, so, anyway, the, um, what else you get? I've got, well, I had a question related to the judge. When, when the congressman's not here to answer this one, but he said we want to get the vaccines to the small pharmacists. Is we, this community, or is he talking about the White House? Is the White House saying they will get vaccines straight to a community like this? Or is that just the congressman's wish? No, it's the, the feds. In fact, we had a meeting before this one at one of our local pharmacists uh, here in town, and, and he made that statement that it seemed like the feds now wanted to go directly. Of course, they're still going to work with the state, but they're going to go directly to private uh, pharmacists and, and other entities. Uh, not, not only what he called the, the big boys, but Walgreens and CVS and those, but also our local uh, pharmacists. So uh, that that comes from from Washington. Of course, you know I've I certainly endorsed that. And my second question, Judge, for you would be: Can you sense what's the mood out there among in the community for getting the vaccine? Is there a lot of support? People are urging, you know, pleading for you to get I'll, the I'll answer that very simply. Uh, last week, when Dr. Vasquez told me that they were going to get a thousand more vaccines, we opened up the uh, the registry uh, at the county, and in a matter of hours, we had ten thousand people registered. So yes, the demand is there; the people want it. It's just we're not getting them. I guess we should hear from the hospital now. Then, thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Just first, my gratitude to the congressman to the representative Guillen, to our county judge, to our mayor for being here. Um, at the hospital level, the vaccine process is uh, fundamental, okay? We, as a hospital district, have the responsibility to provide for health care for our community. And this is a, a work that we are doing in a joint effort with our uh, county judge office, as well as uh, at the state level with our representative and at the federal level with our congressman. The importance of having a hub for Star County Memorial Hospital comes to the fact that with a hub it comes the guarantee 
of a significant large number of vaccines on a weekly basis. And that is very important for us because in order to plan the way to give these vaccines to the community, we first need to know we are going to have them on a weekly basis. So with the congressman early on, we were talking about an initiative where we would like to start going from the hospital to the adult daycare centers and giving vaccines to those people that look for service there. We believe that it's going to be an efficient way to give vaccines to those that need it the most. However, in order to put a plan like that in place, we need to have security on that we are going to have, on a weekly basis, a significant large number of vaccines. But the mayor said a while ago, a thousand vaccines is, is, is not close enough to what we need. However, the sense of security that a certain number gives you on a weekly basis is important for us in order to develop our plan. I also believe that our community is in a much need of reassurance. Uh, for many, many months during the beginning of the pandemic, even though we were hitting perhaps the hardest in the country by the number of sick people, people had the reassurance that we were doing everything in our hands to keep them alive and to give them the best chance to fight the disease. So at this point, we need to continue giving that sense of security to our communities. And unfortunately, we have not seen enough vaccines in our community to give that sense of security. So I believe that initiatives like the one that we are having here today are very important to try to get to that goal, where our citizens know that at our local level and state level, and even at the federal level, we are doing everything we can to bring those much necessary vaccines to a county. We do not want to see people needing to go across county lines to get vaccines in Hidalgo. We don't want our citizens to rely on hubs in Hidalgo County in order to have a place to get a vaccine. We want to have this here. I think that we believe and we deserve that we can provide that service here in our community. Congress, um, Representative Guillen has called it a crisis, would you say? That's, that's how, it, how it's all, you know, everything, both COVID, testing people, and now the rollout of the vaccine. Are we in a crisis situation? Certainly, uh, we have been in a crisis situation from the very beginning. It's been more than a year now, and for many, many months, we were tackling that issue. I mean, we were uh, perhaps the first uh, testing facility in a drive-through conditions south from San Antonio for many months. We were providing services for, from people that come in as far away as Harris County to be tested in, in Star County. Now we need to keep going in that. I mean, we cannot fall behind in this very important step of this crisis. Vaccines are, at this point, the best tool we have in our hands to try to mitigate and control the problem. We have the largest obesity population in the state and perhaps the country. We have the largest diabetic population in the state and in the country, and we have one of the highest index of poverty in the state and in the country. So that facts are putting it in a perfect storm against our citizens. It is very much our responsibility and our duty to respond in whatever way we can to be able to help them and at this point, it's the vaccines 
the way we have in Hans. And I'm just gonna interject. I don't know how we're doing on everyone's time. Um, I just wanted to make sure. Well, I just have one last question. Um, the residents, the local residents here, many city Roma. Do they have a better chance of getting the vaccine here or crossing the border and getting it there? Uh, at this point and during weeks, the best chance people had to get a vaccine in our community was to go across county lines to get it in Hidalgo. Uh, they, were, they were holding events with six, 7,000 vaccines on a single day. Here, up to recently, when the hospital started getting the 1,000 vaccines a week, we never were able to do anything anywhere close to that. The most we got, it was 100 vaccines in each one of the individual doctor's office, and that was back in the last week of December. Since December, we have not got even one dose of vaccines in the private-only physician's offices. Hospital uh, clinic had been a little bit more lucky in the sense that we had got about 400 vaccines in our clinic in Star County in, in Rio Grande and 200 more in our clinic in Roma. It was up to recently, when we started getting these thousand vaccines, that the only hope that you have it was in one of these clinics. Pharmacies got hundred, few hundreds of doses, but that was about it. We heard three weeks ago about a pilot program with the National Guard to come to start giving vaccines here. Now we found out that that was something that is probably not going to continue. So once again, uh, the security of vaccines here will come through the designation as a hub. And it could be our hospital or could be the county. We wish it's going to be more than one, and we wish it's going to be more than a thousand vaccines. But at least we have to keep fighting for that common goal. Are you happy with the conversation today? Are you encouraged by the, what you've heard from the congressman? I, I believe uh, this is a very encouraging news. I, I firmly believe that the congressman is going to be doing everything in his hands to be getting us that designation back as a hub for Star County Memorial Hospital, as well as to try to secure the largest number of vaccines available or as far as he can. Now, those are my questions. Let's see anything else. Is you want to say anything else? You live in the uh, second biggest, uh, second most poor county in the entire state of Texas per capita, the first most poor county in the state of Texas per capita, and Wilson County, also in, in uh, Representative Gaines' district. Whom do you blame the disparity between uh, having your citizen have to go to Hidalgo County six months of time when you have such a terrific preponderance of people who have diabetes and you're in a high poverty level and all of those things? Where does the disparity happen and whom should our congressman go after and call and say to change whatever they've been doing wrong up to this point? I believe that there is a big discrepancies in the way that to put in plan those uh, projects that they have initially at the level, at the federal level, and then at the state level in the way that vaccines were going to be given away. So I believe there was somehow uh, a discrepancy on what they thought initially that the small clinics, pharmacies, were going to be more efficient at the time of giving vaccines. Later on, they changed their plans, and they started thinking that about hubs or hospitals or departments of health were going to be more effective. I, I wouldn't like to use the word blame. I believe that here it was a matter of trying to be given the most vaccines in the fastest time. And I believe that somehow in the process they changed their mind and they went from the smaller providers 
two bigger locations and the hubs. We, because we're a rural community, did not fall under their guidelines or plans, and that's why we were left behind. It is up to us now to try to resolve that issues. I think that it's time for us to raise our voices and say, you know what, we are in much need but uh, uh, services and vaccines. The numbers are behind us. We can show that we are perhaps that population that need these vaccines the most. And I think that events like this are going towards that. That was the executive director of the Star County Memorial Hospital, Dr. Jose Vasquez. Star County officials and VIPs that participated in the Star County Hospital Tour included U.S. Representative Henry Cuellar, State Representative Ryan Guillen, Star County Judge Eloy Vera, and the Rio Grande City Mayor Joel Villarreal. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. <laughs>